Welcome to A Time of Harvest with Pastor Charles T. Smith and the Shiloh Missionary Baptist Church family. We at Shiloh Missionary Baptist Church believe the Spirit of the Lord is all around us to fulfill the Master's mission. We hope and pray that today's message strengthens your walk with Christ so that you may help strengthen others' walk with Christ. And now, A Time of Harvest with Pastor Charles T. Smith.
eternal God, thank you for another blessed, beautiful, inspiring worship experience. Thank you, Father, for all that has transpired, that has so inspired our hearts. Thank you now, bringing us again to another precious preaching moment, and I thank you for honoring me to stand in this holy place one more time. I come again confessing my sins, acknowledging my shortcomings, keenly aware of my unworthiness and my inadequacy, but nevertheless willing to be used by thee. So again, I take what I have, and I place it in your hands, and I ask that you would use it to your glory and to your honor. Truly now let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer, we ask it in the holy and blessed and righteous name of Jesus, and for his sake we pray. Amen. Let the church say amen together. Praise his holy name. If you have your Bibles, turn with me now to the book of Genesis. The book of Genesis, chapter 31. Book of Genesis, chapter 31. And I want you to begin reading with me at the 42nd verse, verse 42. We can read it together if you like. You may keep your seats, of course. Except the God of my father, the God of Abraham and the fear of Isaac had been with me. Surely thou hadst sent me away now empty. God had sent me away now. God has, God has seen my affliction and the labor of my hands and rebuked thee yesternight. And Laban answered and said unto Jacob, these daughters are my daughters, and these children are my children, and these cattle are my cattle, and all that thou seest is mine. And what can I do this day unto thee, these my daughters, or unto their children which they have born? Now therefore come thou and let us make a covenant I and thou, and let it be for witness between me and thee. And Jacob took a stone and set it up for a pillar, 
And Jacob said unto his brethren, Gather stones. And they took stones and made a heap. And they did eat there upon the heap. And Laban called it Jigasahadatha. But Jacob called it Galilee. This is the word of the Lord. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading and hearing of his holy and righteous word. I want to talk to you this morning from a subject that you can easily remember. I want to talk about enough is enough. Enough is, is enough. And uh, the text comes uh, from Genesis 31, and we use the 46th verse. King James Version says, And they took stone and made a heap, and did eat upon the heap. Uh, Living Bible reads that same verse, And Jacob and Laban ate together beside the pile of rocks. Enough is enough. The subject implies that it's time for a change in some kind of situation. Furthermore, it implies that if a change doesn't take place, something bad is going to happen. Now, this could apply to a variety of situations in life. Consider some with me. One or more may apply to you. It could apply to somebody who's been in a relationship for a long time and you've been mistreated. You're tired of it. Could be a, a friendship. Could be a marriage. Could be a job. Could be a family situation. But you're no longer willing to continue under those circumstances. So you're saying enough is enough. It could imply that conditions within a group have gotten so bad that you don't know what to do. Like, for instance, the violence within our race that we read about in papers every day and see on television. It could be like the inequality among the races and corruption in the political system. Most of us have had the experience of reaching a point in life where enough is enough. Well, that's a very crucial point in life. How we react at that point can be a major factor in determining our future. The Spirit suggests to me that there's somebody here this morning under the sound of my voice that has reached that point where you just feel like enough is enough. For somebody else, it might be building up to that point. In either case, there is a spiritual guidance for us in the Scripture this morning. The scripture permits us to see a very beautiful spiritual solution to a difficult human problem. Human point of enough 
is enough. And uh, they have been elevated, though, to the, to the spiritual level of solving that problem. These men are Laban and Jacob. Study about it in Genesis in your spare time. They were an uncle and a nephew. They experienced a bad relationship. You ever had kinfolk problems? Yeah, you know, ain't no problem like kinfolk problem. And now, now Jacob had done some terrible things at home before he left home. He'd done some ugly things to his daddy and to his brother. The fact is, he'd acted so bad, his brother's going to kill him. And the only thing that saved him was his mama, who was low down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She put him up to his evil ways, and then when his brother was gonna kill him, she said, "You better go live with my brother, cause he's all gonna kill you." Well, she sent him on off, but you see, her brother Laban was a crook just like she was. Yeah, read it, read it, read it. It's in the Bible. I ain't raking this up. And, 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 and he took advantage of Jacob for many years. Now, I want you to understand, Jacob did make money, but he wasn't happy. Jacob had promised God in the early part when he first left home that he would tithe, uh, that's 10% of everything he made. And he had kept his promise. And so the Lord made him wealthy. But I come to tell you, it takes more than money to make you happy. See, although he had money, the rest of his life was just falling apart. Falling apart. He had two wives. Uh, that was legal then. But didn't either one of them get along? And and the one he really loved, I ain't gonna bother that to me. But the one he really loved couldn't have children, and the other one could. His and his uncle deceived him and took advantage of him every chance he got. His cousins didn't like him. And from a human perspective, the only thing that Jacob had going for him was money. But thank God there was more to it than the human side. Friends, remember, if you're God's child, there's always more to life than the human side. Jacob was the son of Isaac and the grandson of Abraham. And so early in his life, he had been taught about God. And although he strayed away, but, but God hadn't forgotten about him. And God told him in so many words, if you let me fix it my way, all right, uh, Jacob, you paid your dues. Now get your things together and go on back home. And don't worry, I'll be with you you won't just be on your own. I promise I'll 
I'll take care of you. In the meantime, God dealt with Laban also. Now, Laban didn't know Jehovah, God. He didn't. He, he worshipped idols. He had a bunch of little idols in his house. Uh, but he had heard about, of Jehovah. Uh, you see, Abraham was his granduncle, and Jehovah had spoken to Laban in a dream. And uh, Laban was all upset with Jacob, and no doubt ready to, 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 to do him in. But God told Laban, look, I'm giving you a warning. Now, no matter how you feel, don't you bother Jacob. You know, I got plans for Jacob. So although Laban was not a worshiper of God, he recognized God's divine authority. Well, Jacob had gotten his family together, had run away, sneaked away by night. He'd been gone for three days when Laban learned of his departure. Laban immediately got his stuff together and chased after Jacob and chased him for seven days before he caught up with him. Now, I want you to see the picture now in your mind's eye. I want you to see the picture. Here we have together two tricksters, two crooks, a young crook and an old crook, a nephew and an uncle. For 20 years, for 20 years, they had been misusing one another. The situation had really gotten to the point of almost turning violent. Laban said, read it in verse 29. Laban told Jacob, say, I could have hurt you. I had the advantage over you. But he admitted that the Lord God Jehovah had turned to him and told him, don't do Jacob any harm. So at this point, we find Jacob and Laban relating to each other on different terms. The two have reached a stalemate. The humanity within them had brought them to despise one another. But God has dealt with both of them. And so instead of continuing to hate one another and fight one another, not a talking to one another. See the picture. Here they are sitting in the desert around a pile of rocks ready to put 20 years of scheming and plotting and fighting behind them. The Spirit suggests that in their own way, both of these men had come to the conclusion that enough is enough. Well, now, the Spirit suggests that there's a message in this incident that can be helpful to us today individually and collectively, especially if you've reached that point that enough is enough, you know. Let's consider what it's quite possible that they had had enough of at this point in their lives. First of all, these men 
had had enough of success without satisfaction. Now, now I'm into the message now. I'm in the message. Somebody needs what I'm saying now. These men had enough of success without satisfaction. Both these men had money. Yeah, you check the record. They both were wealthy. They both had cattle. Both had sheep and camels. They both had servants. They both had proven that they could achieve success in the eyes of the world. But still, neither one seemed to be satisfied. It seemed that in spite of their material success, both of these men had failed to find any happiness. Friend, let me tell you something. One of the most frustrating experiences in life is to be successful without satisfaction. And you know how that happens? When you leave God out. Yeah, that happens when you leave God out. That's the plight of many people today. And it happens when you leave God out of your life. Jacob had had a meaningful relationship with God when he first left home. Or oh, read about it. Yeah. Read about it in the previous chapters. When he first left home and was all alone, God came to him in a vision one night and he saw a ladder extending from earth to heaven. Saw angels going up and coming down. And, and, and when he woke up that morning, he uttered the famous words, surely the Lord is in this place. Oh, he was on good times then. But when he made God promise that anything you give me, I'm going to give you 10%. And he kept that promise. And then the Lord blessed him. The Lord let him get wealthy. And the wealthier he got, the more he didn't need God. He got so carried away with other things and fooling around with, with, with Laban that he, he put God in the background. <clears throat> and so although he had all that money and all that success in the eyes of the world, he was dissatisfied. Friends, one of the reasons why there is so much frustration dissatisfaction and disappointment in life today among our people is because we have put God so far down in the list of priorities that the things we have don't mean anything to us anymore. Let me tell you something. You know, I, we, we, we might be, be honest, but most of us came up having a hard time. We had nothing coming up. We had nothing coming up. You know, and the Lord has blessed us. People sacrificed, sent us to school and all that kind of stuff. And now most of y'all are doing pretty good. Yeah, you're doing pretty good. Look in the parking lot. You know, look how you dress. You know, you can get quiet if you want to. But but you're doing pretty good now. But the better we do, the, the more we push the Lord inside. Oh, I would, but I'm so busy, you know. You know, let me share something with you. There's a direct relationship between your satisfaction 
with something and you're realizing where it comes from. See, that's why you can have them big houses and them big cars and not be satisfied because you've forgotten where it came from. You know, I got an old pocket watch around my house that I keep. And most of y'all don't even know what a pocket watch is. But it hadn't run for 50 years or more. Probably none of the modern day repair men know how to fix it. But it was my daddy's watch. It was my daddy's watch, and, and it was his daddy's before he got it. And every now and then, I look at it. I take it out and play around with it, fool with it. I don't know what it's worth in dollars and cents, but it's valuable to me because it belonged to my daddy. And my daddy let me have it. Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. So although it doesn't still tell time. No, but I get satisfaction from it because of where it came from and how I received it. Well, we would learn to get greater satisfaction from people and things if we had more appreciation for where it came from. If we had appreciation that what I've got, God gave it to me. So I ain't gonna never be jealous of your house. Because God gave me whatever house I got. I ain't ain't worried about your car. What you driving? Lord, let me ride too. I'm trying to tell you today that you get more out of life if you learn to appreciate where things come from and how you got them. I can share your satisfaction. I can share your success in what you do because I'm satisfied that God has blessed me in what I do. Well, to move on, Jacob and Laban had experienced great prosperity for the last 20 years, and they, uh, they had made one another miserable for the last 20 years. Now, the next thing, which is a step further in that, the Spirit suggests that they had enough, not only of wealth without satisfaction, but they had enough of life without love. They had no love. If you, if, 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 if you read about them, they had no love. Jacob's low-down ways had caused him to run away from from home and the people who did love him. His daddy had loved him. His brother had loved him. And his mama loved him, but she put him up to do ugly things.